Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of On the Turnbuckle here on my podcast, House.com, or whatever you're listening to us on. Thank you so much for joining us. Another big week coming up. Let me introduce my two co-hosts, as always, Welshie and Lyle. Hello, boys. Very good day, Tony. How are you? Excellent. Thank you, Welshie. Lyle, how Not are you, what you were saying before. You said you didn't even want to do the show this week. No, no, I never said that. I said, let's just get in and out and get it done. <laughs> I never said I didn't want to do it. I think collectively we've all been there, Tony. Don't worry. Don't worry. It's, um... Especially since I organised tonight's guest. <laughs> well, that's even worse, Tony. You should be I know. It's way pumped. worse. You should be pumped. That big week in wrestling, like you said, Tony. Big week in haircuts for the three of us as well. You Look know? at that haircut and freaking mutts. Hairstyles hair then. Hairstyles then. I don't have a hairstyle anymore. No, that's, no I that's, just had a head um, shave. A... <laughs> yeah, that's... um. No, it's good. It's good, you know. People in wrestling starting new jobs this week. Well, she's starting a new job this week. Yeah. It's a big week all around, Tony. I actually didn't realise how much I look like Goldberg. You don't. <laughs> I, re- I reckon you'd look like Goldberg, Tony. You When, when, when he look, comes back in 10 years' time for another you look like a You look like a thumb, a swollen thumb. <laughs> King Kong Bundy. <laughs> can, can you put the can you put the tights on? That's the one. Give Jake Andrew Arthur a call. Can you put your can, can, can you put, for a promo? I'll see if can I can. You put your wife's bathers on. I'll see what we can do. <laughs> hey, uh, great interview last week. Uh, Richie was fantastic. Real open, and uh, yeah, it will be a loss to the uh, the industry, no doubt. It's going to be a massive loss, um, Richie. I think. Lyle alluded to it, um, is one of the very few true baby faces in definitely in Melbourne wrestling. Um, so it's going to be, he's going to be really difficult to replace. He's been on top in all the companies he's been in recently and he's a good guy as well. Yeah. Just a genuine baby face, not manufactured by any promotion. Just he won the crowd over, you know, like you said, with the song, it just starts it off in the right mood and he's going to be a loss. That's for sure. But, he did say we'll see him at wrestling shows, Tony. So he's willing to give you a high five. Another yeah, one. No, good on him. I'm really happy for that, which is fantastic. Happy for me anyway, because no one else seems to do it. So that's great news. And, of course, don't forget the Australian Wrestling Network. All the uh, best Aussie wrestling shows from the past, all in the one area. Just a fantastic place to go to get your wrestling fix. Yeah, uh, and I've been watching a little bit of it recently because, let's face it, we're in lockdown. There's nothing else to do. Um, watching some old Wrestle Rock shows that are on there featuring, yeah. the, featuring the likes of Tricky and Daniel Swagger. Blast from the past when it comes to Wrestle Rock. I wasn't aware that Tricky was on those early Wrestle Rocks and it was great there to see go. him wrestling there. Did he have the scooter? No, this is much... This is, he was called Tricky D. Oh, yeah. very early. He had, very early. It's before WWE took his last name away. Oh, okay. <laughs> what's the uh, what's the commentary like on some of these old shows? Um, I believe it's been edited. <laughs> to yep, that's fair enough. That makes sense. All right, guys, time to catch up with our guest for tonight, and he's a guy who is a self-confessed kid who grew up at the arse end of nowhere in northern England. Found his way to Australia when he was 14 and could be one of the next best things in wrestling coming up in the next couple of years here in Australia. His name is Robbie Thorpe, wrestles with PCW, and he joins us for a chat now. Hello, Robbie. How are you? Very good, Tony. Good evening, gentlemen. Thanks for having me on. 
no, where's, the arse end, on, where's the arse end of nowhere? Oh, it's, is that near Staines? Oh, oh, not that bad. Come on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, up, up north. It's a place called um, Grimsby. It's, uh, ah, Grimsby yeah. You know the Satchel and Cohen film, Brothers Grimsby? It's a, literally like that. I chose um, the wrong Sasha Baron Cohen character. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally true. <laughs> but yeah, it's um, kind of like, it's horrible, just full of chavs. I was one of them, but I managed to escape when I was 14. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, you can um, out, you can outgrow it. So there is hope for other people. Yeah, like when when I got shipped over at fourteen for stealing loaf of bread, it all worked out good for me. So um, <laughs> yeah, I was brought up the proper way eventually. So um, yeah, it's it's been an interesting experience. Been been loving my life down here in Australia, but um, had to go are, back for a couple of years and just uh, show the missus around. Sport was very much a part of your life as a kid as well. Rugby union, uh, cricket a little bit of soccer also. When you were a kid, was there much wrestling? Did you watch much wrestling? Watched, I watched a hell of a lot of wrestling. Saturday mornings, um, Sky TV, watching Raw. Um, May had a couple of trampolines that we used to do a few moves off like every other young kid, I guess, growing up. Um, it was kind of the talk of the town, a very small town, village of probably 150 people. So um, all the kids would just throw people around, which, which was fun. It was, so it stayed in me for this long. Um, <laughs> yeah, fortunately, the um, soccer took over. Football took over. It's football. I'm calling it football. I know I can see someone with a Richmond. Um, no, I don't know. I'm, I'm also I'm also a football fan as well. Oh, so that's go. fine. Um, so you're a tall guy. Were you a, were you a tall kid? Um, yeah, but I was a bit fat as well. I had a bit of. Um... So you were goalie <laughs> or centre back then? I was I was a goalkeeper. I was a goalkeeper. So obviously couldn't be asked for the preseason. So they just stuck me in goal. But it turned out to and paid dividends in the end. So <laughs> <laughs> you just do with all the fat kids, though. You go, ah, oh, you go goal. You just sit there and do it. <laughs> yeah, um, I know playing even playing Aussie rules, it's like, yeah, full forward, full forward pocket for the fat kid. Or full back. Uh, not if you're in a bad team. You need your good player. Oh, I played in bad teams. <laughs> we needed the good players at the back. <laughs> that That's kid true. was full forward. That, that is very true. <laughs> you, actually, you actually played at a, uh, a decent level of footy too, didn't you? At football, uh, you were in, in an NPL team here in Australia. Yeah, Eastern Lions. So I was playing um, National Premier League level for a few years, which was it was a great experience going against some top clubs. Um I was getting paid very little for what I was doing, though, I, I must say, <laughs> compared to some of the other guys that were on the team or in the league. Um, but it was an, it's an incredible experience. It was just like a taste of professional football in my eyes. Just how much of a – just the build of the club and, you know, training four nights a week and playing a couple of nights a, uh, a week as well, having 40 games a season. It was, it was, it was brilliant. Um, yeah, it was something that I want to hold on to dearly, but – had to leave that life behind when I got sick. So, um, did, did yeah. everyone think you were you were an import at the time, even though you were living here? Um, I have a, as you can probably hear, my accent's kind of weird, so it goes in and out of between English and Australian. No, it um, doesn't. Oh, doesn't it? No, is it, is no, it does. Okay. <laughs> it does a bit. Yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that when you were on commentary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it kind of goes in and out. So Jesse's got the American Australian accent for some strange reason, and I've got the English Australian accent. So we do sound international, which is a really good uh, <laughs> thing to have. <laughs> I'm thinking that football would be a great sport for a, an up and coming wrestler. They'd be diving beautifully, be able to oh, fake those. <laughs> yeah, I was I was diving all over the place. Um, unfortunately, I haven't done many dives outside the ring though. I don't think anyone wants to get under a six foot six. 120 kilo bloke, but <laughs> I could just see you selling the dive so well. <laughs> oh, as a soccer player, I can sell anything well. Don't worry about that. <laughs> that was the one thing going into wrestling training you didn't need to learn. Oh, I was I was already an actor. I was I sell, yeah. <laughs> um so the PCW Academy, what how did you find it and and talk us through your first night of of going down there? So, starts back in England, actually. I was doing ring crew for WXW at a, in a London show when uh, uh, Aussie Open were there. And I just thought, I'd better go and approach 
one of them and just have a bit of a chin wag with him and uh spoke to Mark Davis, who's a lovely bloke, and he kind of gave me a list of all the CWs and PWs in uh in Australia and I decided to apply for them just before I moved back and um PCW were the first person to respond to me. So they were the first guys to respond to me. And as soon as you walk into Seek, like you guys have been there before, mm. just the contrast of training and putting up the ring in a, a school basketball court to like a permanent ring set up, three yeah. rings, you just you're just blown away by it. Like, especially what we had compared to what I've got now. I just thought, man, this is the place for me to really become something good, something great. And yeah, I feel like I'm going to become that. But again, that's a long time coming, I guess. <laughs> I imagine they get a lot of emails from uh, from scrawny kids wanting to become a wrestler and a lot of five foot two guys wanting to be a wrestler. They got an email from you and they said, yeah, come down. I reckon their eyes would have lit up when a, a good looking six foot six muscular <laughs> guy has strolled through the doors on that first night. Yeah, I, I, I must admit, I think Tommy Hellfire saw me for the first time and was shaking his boots, same with Charlie Matthews. So um, I think I was just intimidating them just by walking in. Um, and then they saw me wrestle and they thought, oh, don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, they wouldn't have to look up to too many wrestlers uh, in this country. Oh. They're pretty tall guys themselves. There's, there's not a lot of like big blokes in the Australian wrestling scene, so I thought I'd just add to it. Um but, There's not a lot yeah, of big blokes in the world wrestling scene at the moment. <laughs> yeah, true, true. I, I agree with that. Um, uh, but yeah, so I'm going to thank Mark Davis for... Um, he probably doesn't know who I am, but it's going to give him a good <laughs> point. <laughs> but uh, so your first night, well, if someone wants to train, they're going to go to, to, to PCW. What does that first couple of weeks entail? So Shane, head trainer, Tricky, kind of puts you through his pace, puts you through the paces, I guess. He's... He's the um, Mr. Miyagi when it comes to everything. You got to kind of listen, do the right. So you washed his car. Yeah, I washed his car. He got me doing everything. Um, it, it's a very much like uh, listen to what I'm saying and then try and replicate what I'm saying. And if you kind of aren't teachable, then you kind of know who's going to get it and who's not going to get it. Um, but you get put through your paces, get like a few fitness evaluations and um, like just doing the basic stuff, which I think is the most important thing is getting the basics and the fundamentals down. If you can't do that, then you kind of kind of evaluate where you are. But I think PCW is a very welcome atmosphere as well. So we kind of allow people to learn through those few weeks. And um, I think like the numbers speak for themselves. Like we have heaps of people coming on a weekly basis to all our classes and, um, even some of the guest trainers that would come down like we had a guy last week called Tony he came down and gave us a little bit of a guest training session which was uh... I've heard he's a flog <laughs> <laughs> did he get anyone's name right oh he got my name right and that was all, all that was important so um... <laughs> it helps <laughs> when it's on zoom and all the names are written on yeah, there yeah exactly what was your name again oh Lyle well, yeah, so. no. yeah it was really <laughs> Yeah, it was, um, yeah, we've had heaps of good like seminars. Like Ricky South had a couple of ones. Um, Mark Hage, even having like current PCW guys coming down. Um, we had one of the trainers from the Black and Brave Academy come down. Um, Malik, he did a, a session with us, which was really good. And so we got a lot to offer, I guess. And, and it kind of keeps people around. So um, yeah, it's it's a brilliant atmosphere. I'll give you the mail. Oh. It's not it's not easy doing a training session on Zoom because you've got so many people in the session. You can't gauge how everyone's actually reacting and feeling to what you're doing. It's mm. so much easier when you're in front of someone and you can see their faces and you can see how that's all happening. But in Zoom, it's hard to see everybody and you, you yeah. don't get that you don't get that feedback back. It's it is really hard to do those sessions. Yeah. And it has been a challenge, I guess, for the like zigzagging nature of this year and last year in terms of we're allowed into the into seek and now we're back on zoom so it's kind of keeping things fresh and entertaining for the guys to keep um involved in the training sessions which it gave me a lot to um last year because they barely made me a coach at the start of this year which i was completely surprised by but it was just being able to be thinking of wrestling as a way of avoiding the lockdown which was good um and yeah four nights a week still we're doing uh, a lot we're doing a lot at the moment. So 
I'm enjoying it and hopefully the guys are enjoying it as well. One of the big advantages that you do have is um, in owning your own uh, venue is that guys are having matches in front of an audience really early. How important was that to your development? Oh, it was critical because if I compare it to even the UK, I was only wrestling in the UK for about a year and a half, but I only had seven or eight matches in that time. Mm. And like it was in car parks at beer gardens and um, on ho- in hotels and stuff. So it was kind of just ask for a booking. Or car parks in beer gardens. You sure this just wasn't a fight? <laughs> yeah, I'm just disguising it as a match, but <laughs> trying to add to the tally. But when you get into a point where I can wrestle three nights a week, like we have our academy shows, we have our Friday night slam shows, we have our Saturday ignitions, we're getting so many reps in, which is eliminating simple mistakes, which I think is just paramount in the very early stages of our careers. And yeah, we get a crowd, even if it's a couple of people at the academy shows compared to ignitions or the main shows monthly. Um, so in the first year when I was here, I had like 60, 70 matches, I think, just getting those reps in, which was unbelievable for someone that wants to learn as much as I do. So it's, it's lovely. It's, I love it. What was the what was that first week of initial training like fit physically wise and what was the your first bump like? Oh, first bump, oh it was hard. If talking about the UK trainer, the first booker that I had that kind of brought me in, um, just kept throwing live rounds at me for the first few weeks. Um <laughs> So he had a very old school, he was a crook. He was a complete crook, to be quite honest. But <laughs> he literally said to me, he was like, come over here, first four weeks. And he was just punching me in the face for two hours a night for the four weeks, just to make sure that I respected the business and everything that I inherited. <laughs> so um, I learned respect very quickly in the UK. It's slightly different to the way that we do it at PCW. Um, and my first week at PCW was Grand Slam 2019 week. So they were Crazy. in the, like, kind of just, coming off that that show and I just walk in the door and everyone's buzzing and I'm like oh hey hey guys come on come on join in um <laughs> what do you mean you wrestled in front of 2,000 people <laughs> yeah <laughs> is that every week <laughs> yes yeah, I thought I was like oh this is incredible you know 2,000 every week good payoffs that'd be great <laughs> <laughs> hey Robbie I want to talk you're a young guy who's had a lot of challenges in life in such a young period of time we'll talk about your knee injury shortly, which has kept you out for the last 10 or so months. But before that, it was a uh, an issue with your liver, a thing called Microbacterium avium complex, MAC, which yeah. uh, had an abscess on your liver, for a, four-fifths the size of your liver, which absolutely stuffed you up, stopped you from playing sport, stopped you from joining the police force and all that sort of stuff. Talk yeah. us through getting through that and, has, and how that affects you now, or does it? So that was... Um... That was a really difficult experience in in my life because I was on a bit of a high. I thought, you know, getting a new career change and I was doing really well at the MPL level um, and then literally just collapsed and was in hospital for six weeks. Had a bag coming out of my liver, which was literally feeding the pus out of my liver. It was disgusting for another 12 to 15 weeks. So I lost about 20 kilos of weight. I was... Um, a shell of uh, I was a shadow of a shadow of a former self kind of thing and kind of put things in perspective so my fiance literally said we've got a couple of years now where we can kind of rebuild you and see what you want to do and she, she kind of came up with the decision oh let's move to the UK um, which kind of changed everything from there because I always envisioned that would oh, be either a semi-professional footballer and become a police officer and then all of a sudden it's just changes um, and it does affect me to this day um just kind of i do have moments i guess like most people that's gone through like a prolonged experience of like a, a medical issues um but it doesn't really affect me as much as it has been in the last couple of years so i'm grateful that it's kind of died down now and i'm able to just have a normal life and get on with things but i guess the scary part of it is when you're in the hospital and the doctor's saying to you, oh, this thing is that kills people. It kills HIV patients. It kills AIDS patients. And I'm sat there like, how the hell did I get this? Like Mm. one in a billion thing that I got, which American doctors were helping me with. Like it was a huge 
uh, undertaking. So, um, yeah, I'm glad I've come out the other end of it and able to talk about it now. So uh, We are too, mate. And, uh, I've really enjoyed reading your, uh, your injury blog, which is on the PCW website. And it would seem like things happen for a reason. You spoke about that going back overseas and taking a couple of years in London. It was during that time then that you went to a, a WCPW show and saw Rey Mysterio versus Will Ospreay. And yeah. that was the thing that really grabbed your interest, wasn't it, about wrestling? While you were a wrestling fan before that, this was yeah. the thing that you thought, I could actually do this. Oh, 100%. When you're seeing... I, as a, I, feel, I kind of call myself an athletic human being. So when you're seeing other amazing athletic human beings do things that my mind can't comprehend, like, you know, Royce Chambers style, you're just in awe of these human beings. And I just thought to myself, if I'm not becoming a soccer player anymore, what else can I just put all my energy into and still have a competitive element to it? And I thought, this is this is it. This is literally the universe speaking to me in some way that it's all brought me to this moment right now. And I thought, I can give people moments like these two have given me moments. And I thought I could just keep passing that on. And yeah, it's just... Like you said, it's just these little things, the butterfly, butterfly effect that just creates just this perfect storm of ideas. But unfortunately, it's meant that I'm sat here with a 10-month uh, <laughs> knee injury. But, you know, that's just another thing, another blip in the radar. So, um, I like that five-foot Ray Mysterio has inspired a six-foot-six <laughs> guy to become a wrestler. That's uh, very good. And he's can't, had his own knee issues. Tell? Over the years, so. I'm I'm exactly the same. I'm the exact same. I wrestle like him and everything. Ray Mysterio does a six one nine. He does a six foot nine and a half. <laughs> <laughs> but even um, the the knee injury coming at a time when the world shut down, um, at least you weren't missing too much at the time. But um, when we did start up, and PCW were on Fight TV, and mm-hmm. that gave you the opportunity of a lifetime that you probably wouldn't have had to, to call wrestling on fight. Now I am going to go to the first night, uh, that opening segment. How nervous were you? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I didn't know if anyone saw it. Uh, (laughs) Um, so the first thing that I said, I can't really remember. It wasn't that bad, was it? But, um, there's a few, um, choice words thrown in there which weren't meant to be thrown in there um in the first 30 seconds yeah i was quite nervous i guess it was doing something that i wasn't really um trained to do which was speak (laughs) (laughs) but um you pulled it back so what's it like after after starting with a fumble what's it like to actually bring it back and actually have a good night on commentary after that i'm sure you got good feedback on everything yeah. else from that. A lot of people were focusing on the first 30 seconds, but um, <laughs> I did get I see a little bit of feedback about Jesse and I's commentary, which I was really pleased with. Um, and I think it's that's the thing with the wrestling business. Even if I'm not able to do one certain thing at this time, I'm able to kind of do something else whilst it's um, going on. And I think that we're doing an all right job. Me and Jesse are having a bit of patter, and I think it just brings a different element to the PCW show. Um, but yeah, that was a very nervous first night. Yeah. Definitely not what JR you, level. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what have you picked up doing commentary and seeing some of the character work other guys are doing? And I'm sure your part of you is just working out what you're going to do and how you're going to work with these guys when you come back. Totally right. So I'm analyzing every single match that I'm watching. I'm picking up mistakes. I'm picking up things that I would do differently. Um, and just trying to utilize it so that I can come back as a the most fierce competitor and someone that someone pays to see. Because when you're watching some of these really top level guys like the Mark Cages and like Kellyanne, for example, that I have huge respect for, and I'm getting to see them do things that I wouldn't normally when I'm backstage and sitting on a little monitor. So you're picking up these little nuances, which I'm going to steal, obviously. But <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, it's just it's growing every single day just constant tape study almost and um, and it's really good to see the interaction with the crowd as well so you can see how the crowd are reacting because they're to me the most important character out of all of us so we can see the dimensions and how it's kind of going off each other um yeah i it's it's been a great experience what about getting around the the talent and 
you know, when you're on commentary, you want to, what they want to highlight, what they want you to highlight during their match and stuff um, like that, help to push the story. Does that give a different perspective from when you're going to be back in the ring and speaking to the commentators yourself of you actually see both sides of the coin now? Yeah, 100%. Because obviously, like I'm seeing a two-hour show and they're only seeing their 10 minutes or five minutes or whatever. So they they think what they're doing is the most important thing that they're doing on the show. So I need to try and tell their story as best I can, as well as ensure that the story of the whole show is getting put over. Um, and I think that when I get back into the ring, that I'll be saying, hey, here's a 20 bucks. Can you just put me over as much as possible? Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm not getting paid enough. <laughs> You, uh, we we spoke about the academy before and your role there now as a uh, a coach of character development. Uh, as well, she mentioned you, you're seeing a lot of that now through your role as a commentator. I believe though you've worked with a, a few people overseas over the last couple of years in regards to improving that sort of side of things. Who have you who have you worked with and how has it helped you? Um, yeah, so it's been quite incredible for the last couple of years. Like. I struggled with the microphone. I struggled being in front of the camera and it's something that I had to work on. It was a muscle that I was neglecting for so long until I get, got injured. So it was just like, I have to focus on this now. It's not something I can just be like, oh, I'll be fine. I'm, I'm a big bloke. I can get away with it. No, I wanted to make sure that I was doing well. So one of my old coaches in the UK, Sid Scala, who's the general manager for NXT UK, he's been helping me with just being able to deliver on the microphone um, we've got like Lance Storm. I've been doing a few seminars with him. Um, Jim Smallman, the uh, progress, ex-progress promoter and NXT producer. Um, I've done seminars with like Dave Taylor, which has been great. Um, and there's another one this, this week, which my Rip, Rob, Rip Rogers. So there's a, as much as possible, I try and learn, learn you hold. And I think it's vital that I try and work out a way of how to get myself over with my voice rather than just what I look like because I can't do it with what I look like or what I can do in the ring at the moment. So, yeah, I've been working hard at it. I've been working very hard. And I've been trying to just kind of give that message back to the PCW Academy students who aren't aware of these opportunities yet because they're so early on in their career and haven't made those connections with people. So I think it's important just to keep passing on that information. Um, to other, like what others have done for me, like the trickies and the Roccos and whatnot. And does the coaching side of it come natural to you? Not really. It's something again that I have to work at. It's um, it's I find it quite difficult, but it's something that I like. I like it being the slowest man in the group. If you know what I mean, I like being the guy that has to catch up and then try and dominate. Like that's the kind of mentality that I have. I think that's just the profession, like the competitive nature that I have with me. Mm. So when someone gives me an opportunity, I want to try and nail it. It's something that I'm obsessed with. I'm obsessed with the art of wrestling as well as the sport of wrestling. So I want to make sure that us as caretakers are putting over the greatest product that we can and passing on the greatest knowledge that we can rather than bad actors teaching bad actors how to do bad acting. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what about that competitive side, you know, being away from the ring with due to lockdown or injuries? Have you got an outlet to get rid of some of that competitive energy outside of the ring? Just with myself at the moment, I just going to try and make sure that I'm a better man than I was yesterday. And at the moment, my rehabilitation for my knee has been the biggest like roadblock in that. So I'm trying to make sure that tomorrow I'm going to be better than I was today. But also I'm thinking I'm going to be fitter than anyone else in the wrestling business in Australia. I'm going to be in the best shape compared to everyone else. And people are going to be blown away when I step back in that ring. That's that's my aim. And if they're not at my level, then that's their fault for not utilizing the time correctly. That's the kind of mentality that I do have, which may seem, I'm so up myself that it's it's wrong, but that's the gift that I feel like I'm giving to the, the wrestling world. You yeah. know? Well, the re results speak for themselves. You shared a photo on Instagram. You know, you you changed your whole conditioning in your your diet and your strength training. What was that mm. process like? I think you lost five kilos and, you know, you look shredded at the minute, you know, yeah. you're not sitting on the couch like the rest of us. Yeah. Yeah. So I, like, again, it's just the mentality of, I know that I, there are guys in the wrestling business that aren't thinking of the fitness element of it as a, as a huge thing at the moment, which I feel was terrible. But when I see people like Gore, 
to on Instagram are like deadlifting just ridiculous amounts of weight. Like I don't know Gore personally, but I'm competing with him. I'm like, okay, I need to get in better shape than Gore, which is going to be hard, <laughs> obviously, but it's something that I really want to do. Um, he's he's a good dude. Reach out to him. Yeah, he's honestly like when I first like to me like he is like a professional wrestler, right? Like I look at him, I'm like he's a professional wrestler in the Australian wrestling scene. And I'm, I want to be one of those guys that's like, okay, he's a professional wrestler in the Australian wrestling scene because there's not enough of them. We well, he's more. given me a cease and desist to, for saying that um I train under him because my body is not an advertisement <laughs> for what he wants to <laughs> present. Let's be honest, if Gore told me he was a jockey for the uh, upcoming Melbourne Cup, I would believe him. There's no way I'm going to argue. Um, he's, he could tell me anything he wants. Lucky he's got that mask on because he's a beautiful human when he has that mask off. Yeah, the other thing too is and you in a, a Zoom room here with uh, a couple of other guys who have had knee injuries as well, Robbie. One thing that I know that is a, an integral part of recovery for knee injury is swimming is a, mm. a massive part of it. And then getting into the gym and starting to do leg presses and all that sort of stuff to build up the muscle. Unfortunately, with lockdown, that's made that process really hard. It's been very hard. I've got limited weights at home, but I've lucky enough to live near a beach. So I've been trying to um, force myself into the water every now and then, which from a, an English lad who was scared of an ant probably the size of my finger, I'm... Uh, Starting to feel a bit of worry about entering the waters where there's, you know, sharks and snakes. Are the snakes in water? I don't... <laughs> uh, yeah, there's water snakes. Oh, yeah, exactly. So this is what I have to kind of get over in my head. It's not much the physical side of it. It's the mental aspect of potentially getting eaten by a shark. That's, um, that's definitely something I have to worry about. Yeah. Mate, you English, I don't like you. No. Not a lot of people do like no. me. <laughs> Take a little nibble and spit you back. Yeah, no, that's fun. enough. Get out of here. Well, I don't know. I've watched enough episodes of Bondi Rescue. Yeah, that's the English, true. the English get in trouble a fair bit out there. Good point. Hey, mate, we uh, thank you so much for your time, Robbie. Hey, I'm not finished yet. Oh, haven't you? All right. Well, no, yeah. no. I want to talk a little bit about um, a little bit about uh, your feud with Tricky, uh, which ended up with you guys having a a match at the second Grand Slam. Um, What was it like working a long-term story with Tricky, who is all about that character work? It was was quite an experience because he was the guy that kind of let me in the door in 2020. So he's the guy that opened the door and welcomed me in with open arms. And to me, internally, it was a year-long storyline, but to the fans, it was only a couple of months, three months. And it was a great experience just to kind of have that moment in front of 2000 people, even though it might be a popcorn match and people might have missed it, but the ability just to step inside the ring with someone that I respect in and out of the ring was incredible and such a staple in the wrestling business um, here in Australia. So I learned a hell of a lot of him. And unfortunately, obviously lockdown came the next day, but I feel like I've learned much more of him since then. So I think it's just going to be a, a continuous relationship in and out of the ring as much as we get on each other's nerves and seem to punch each other in the face. I think it's definitely a uh, love-hate relationship. What is it with you and your trainers getting punching each other in the face? Um, <laughs> what is it with um, people wanting to punch Tricky in the face? Yeah. <laughs> one thing oh, that one thing <laughs> that definitely came, that stood out to me, and when I've been talking to a promoter, before it was, unfortunately you've been out with an injury, but when people have been asking like who they need to look at, I've been saying, your name to them like once Robbie Thorpe's back in the ring he's who you should be looking at um and when they ask me to describe you I'm like he's six foot six he's really well built and he can hurdle a turnbuckle Uh, I saw you run and hurdle a turnbuckle to get it tricky outside the ring yeah yeah it's it's quite easy for someone like I mean can't everyone do that I thought everyone could do that (laughs) I can I, I reckon I'd trip over the bottom rope 30, 35 years ago, I was a chance, but that's probably about it. <laughs> well, knowing how 40 bad then, all Tony. our knees are, yeah. all, our, all, how bad all our knees are, I doubt I'll be doing that very, very soon. <laughs> <laughs> what, what about, what about a, another Canadian destroyer? You have another one of those in your future? Oh, I, I'm not too sure about that one. That was just the one to give the fans. That's, that's not anything that... I'm more into the British style of wrestling, and obviously that's someone else 
I'm all about reversals and holds. Canadian Destroyer is at the, the end of that. I might throw it in there once in a while with Royce Chambers or JJ Throne or something, but, you know. <laughs> Just to show them you can do what they do. Yeah, that, that's how, I did, my that's that's how right. I did my knee injury. So um, <laughs> I was in the ring with all the RB4K boys and they said, oh, let's do a 450s and moonsaults. So like, yeah, I can do that. So um, I did it, blew my knee out. I was like, oh. Yeah, cool. That's 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 why we all do it, right? We blow our knees out every time we do a <laughs> six foot six doing that. Just because you can do it doesn't mean you should do it. <laughs> I'll take that advice for future. <laughs> um, well, Phil, thanks a lot for joining us, Robbie. I can guarantee that the the day you're announced for your comeback, we'll be making the drive down to Ferntree Gully because I'm going to be in the crowd to to watch that because you are. One of my favourite guys to watch. Well, thank you very much. Thanks for having me on, guys. Really Go Robbie. Catch you in a ring soon. Robbie Thorpe joining us here on the Turnbuckle. Transit Incident was a professional wrestling event that took place during an Extreme Championship Wrestling House show on November 23, 1996 at the Wonderland Ballroom in Massachusetts. 17-year-old Enric Kulis, an aspiring professional wrestler who used the ring name Mass Transit, was seriously injured in a tag team match against the Gangsters. The most severe injury occurred when Kulis was bladed too deeply by Jerome New Jack Young, severing two of his arteries. Further controversy arose when it came to light that Kulis had lied to ECW owner and booker Paul Heyman about his age and professional wrestling training. The incident led to the inaugural ECW pay-per-view Barely Legal being temporarily cancelled and legal action from Kulis's family members against Young. That's the mass transit incident. Well, there you go, gentlemen. Another history lesson for you. Uh, it's not really a history lesson for anyone who's seen um, the dark side of the ring, but I'm sure that you learned something out of it. Tony. I definitely learned something out of it. Uh, yeah, yeah RIP New Jack. Yeah. Um, when you were um, when you were doing your research for it, Tony, did you go back and watch the incident? Oof. Uh, yeah. It's, not good. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. I think my favourite part is when you've gone. Uh, you've gone uh, New Jack's shoot name. <laughs> the wrong I don't think New Jack's mum knows his shoot name. Oh, I just read, oh, it, from no, Wiki- no, I just read no. it from Wikipedia. So, yeah, I suppose. Yeah. So did you end up going down the rabbit hole and seeing uh, other? No, he went to other, other Wikipedia videos, pages. Yeah, you know, no. when he's tried to uh, kill Vic Grimes off a balcony, no. off a scaffold. Uh, the Gypsy Joe, where he beat up an 80-year-old man. Oh, really? The big no. rabbit hole, Tony. It's all in one place. Just go to Dark Side of the Ring, the New Jack episode. Right, I will have a look. <laughs> hey, uh, guys, let's get straight into it because there's so much to talk about. We'll kick it off with uh, Robbie Eagles and Hiromu, uh, Grand Slam Night 2 semi-main events. So he's in the same category as Grayson Waller then? What do you uh, mean? Rob, they're both well. When Grayson's in semi-main events, and Robbie's in same semi-main events as well. He was on two hundred five live though. No, nah, it was a little, a little bit, little bit bigger. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. He's been main eventing some uh, Corican Hall shows. He's been doing really well for himself, uh, young Robbie Eagles, uh, and he came through with the goods and retained his belt in his first title defense against Aramu. So. That's New Japan's stamp of approval, I think, uh, beating what's their top junior heavyweight star um, at the minute. So he's one of he's uh, Hiromu is arguably the best junior heavyweight in the world, um, bar no yep. one. Um, and for Robbie Eagles to have his first defense against 
Hiromu, a lot of people thought that might be a one and done for Robbie. They underestimated him, which I know he loves. Um, <laughs> but what it does, it solidifies him as a genuine star of New Japan wrestling. Uh, winning the title is one thing. Holding on to it in a match like that is another. And um, hopefully he can roll on all the way to the Tokyo Dome as champion uh, in January because, let's face it, we love him and he deserves it. Yeah, that's it. And this, the match was great. The story of the match working around, you know, the knee and the and the leg, um, you know, followed on from the tag match the night before that Robbie worked over on Hiromu, which Hiromu sold a million dollars. The match started out hot, you know, back and forth reversals and just teasing the Ron Miller special all the way through it. It was really um, a great, great story. And, Desperado coming out after the match, challenging, asking for his rematch, and in a weird way, putting his tag, junior tag title on the line as well, which I'm not sure how that's all going to play out. But yeah, Robbie's going to be in some interesting storylines coming up in the lead up to the Tokyo Dome. So good for young Robbie Eagles. Yeah, very much. I'm looking forward to seeing how that pans out over the next couple of months for him. Gee whiz, boys, I tell you what, I have never seen as much Twitter action and as much love for a pay-per-view wrestling-wise for a long, long time than for what we saw in AEW All Out. It has just reignited passion in people in wrestling that had been waning for a long, long time. I think that's fair to say. Yeah, I don't think I've seen anything like this since Backlash 2018. But... um it was, uh, look, I don't watch a lot of AEW. I don't watch a lot of WWE at the moment either. But um, watching the the pay-per-view pretty cold on the stories, like I hadn't seen a lot of it. It was, it was an excellent, excellent show made incredible by the use of uh, debuting, su- like, uh, debuting stars. Um, the, with the exception of probably the Big Show match, and Paul I Watt, didn't love, yeah. I, I didn't love the Casino Battle Royal, but I haven't liked any of the Casino Battle Royals. Um, with the exception of probably that, everything else was, it was very a good. Stacked card. It was yeah. very good to incredible. Um, yeah. Like I'm not a, I don't like the Young Bucks. So I've been outspoken on that previously. And the first few minutes of that match, I'm like, oh, it's just a spot fest. But once they got vicious in the middle of that match and they and the heat was really, really, like, ugly. It was uncomfortable and ugly. Um, and then from that moment, that match went from an enjoyable spot fest to incredible. And it showed what the Young Bucks are capable of now that they've added that little bit of viciousness to the characters. Take nothing away from the Lucha Brothers too. They oh, they're, they're, oh no, they're on a, they're, they're they're on another level. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, especially Ray Phoenix. That match, look, I enjoyed the, you know, I, I love the Young Bucks. I love what they do. You know, the first half of the match was basically a PWG uh, match, which that crowd, you know, that 15,000 or whatever was in that building, it's what they want to see out of the Young Bucks. And then to... The Young Bucks are really good storytellers, which I think people overlook because it is a million super kicks. But when they're telling a story, if you can... They elevated. They elevated yeah, the Lucha Brothers amazing. in the like, second half of that match. Yeah, like the, the Air Force uh, Jordan with all the thumbtacks on it while tearing the mask, which, you know, wrestling which fans Which is just know. a dog act. It's just a yeah, dog yeah, act. That's there was a no go. The no go. And the, the tight camera shots of the visual, the blood pouring out the mask. It was. It was uncomfortable. Um, I would have preferred 20 more camera cuts so that I didn't get to see anything <laughs> properly. But yeah, it's weird watching a wrestling show and not getting nauseated. Um, <laughs> no, but this this was a home run on every level. I can't disagree with the big show match. It was there. It was over in four minutes. Um, Apparently, it was just there in case, like if they needed to fill more time, it could go longer. Yeah. Like, so, if that match had just been a choke slam, I think it would have been a better match. Yeah. Or the you know the Big show, um, you know, Paul White, sorry, punch, knockout. Um, How bad's his music? Well, yeah. and then it goes into whatever it goes into. Yeah. But, you know, like you got 
Miro, which you know, he's got past all that comedy stuff where he came in on, and now he's a he's a killer, which he's, everyone like, knew he could be. Um, look, his know, presentation when he started in WWE was very good. Yeah, but his per- the the way they're presenting him right now is probably even a step above that. Yeah, and um, like yeah, you said it to me, Lyle. Just because you can do comedy doesn't mean you should. That, that, um, that's right. That's right. And, that's definitely where Miro sits. He's like in the, he's in that sweet spot at the moment. Yeah, and him working against Kingston King, you know, those stiff chops, you know, the big forearms, you know, the nineteen yeah. nineties all Japan inspired, you know, Eddie Kingston staggering and selling some of the knockouts. I don't, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of the um, the giving someone a title run because they deserve it. But I want to be there. I, w- I want to experience Eddie Kingston winning a title at this stage of his career. I would just, that moment, like if he had won the title, I think it would have been an amazing moment. Obviously, we're not going to get to that stage while Miro's building. But, you know. He doesn't he, need it at the moment. No, he doesn't uh, need Kingston. it. But just that moment in a vacuum would be an amazing moment as a collective. Um, you know, yeah, I the know problem you, is if you book like that, you book yourself into a corner because unless it makes sense going forward, yeah, like what's the point? But um, did you see Eddie Kingston uh, on um, Rampage cutting a promo on God? It was like, did you, I, I know you enjoyed it. Um, you know, you're an avid God lover, um, so you enjoyed him. I'm a God disliker on on, uh, on Miro's God, which he hasn't told us which God it is, so. Um, but how quick the T-shirts came out by the pay-per-view, redeem these nuts uh, for Eddie Kingston. So he's just, he'll fill his pockets full of money because people will buy that stupid T-shirt. Um, you are going to buy got, the Daniel Bryan T-shirts? Uh, um, no, nah, I don't think so. What, what are addition. those ones? It was just a white shirt. Oh, oh, the, oh okay. Sorry. <laughs> I missed the joke there. That was, uh, yeah, the T-shirt that he debuted in. That's, that's not, it's not like a normal wrestler. Wrestlers want to sell their stuff, um, you know. But now, yeah, Lyle, as, is, a, this... as a New Japan devotee, what did you prefer, Moxie and Kojima, or what came after the match when Suzuki came well, in? Well, obviously Suzuki, because the aura and the mystique around Suzuki, you know, being the baddest man on the planet. Um, I'm looking forward to it. This main eventing Dynamite uh, this week, you know, but Kojima, you know, don't sleep on that. Like he's 51 years old. He's 51 years old. I'm I'm pretty sure I messaged you well, should I messaged a couple other mates. He's been in the fountain of youth. I've got your messages blocked. Hang on, so you messaged Welshy and you messaged a couple of mates, but you didn't message me. I didn't want to interrupt your 205 uh, review, Tony. You got enough on your plate, mate, with your history I'm a, pieces and two. I'm changing. I don't. I don't want to. You know. Plus, you were at work on a Monday, mate. I'm, at, um, I'm, I'm working, yeah. man. <laughs> he looks amazing. Well, I wish uh, you had messaged me because I wasn't watching it yet. <laughs> Give me spoilers. I'll talk about spoilers. Well, you got anything to say about? Um, well, I do have something to say. I did. People- I personally blocked all my wrestling uh, messages and group chats. And there's I didn't go on social media all day. Chats, there's certain jerks in group chats who think they're not giving you a spoiler when they just say, what a great show, and the four debuts were amazing. Yeah. When two of those debuts happen in the last minute and a half of a show, you've ruined the fucking ending. Because Adam Cole coming out should have been amazing. But Adam Cole came out. I know there's another person still to come out. So I know Adam Cole's turning heel. Like, thanks, Jeff. Yeah, Jeff. That's, um, Jeff. I yeah. think it was Jeff. I'm not sure, but I'm pretty it could, sure it could Jeff. have. Yeah, I, I well, have no idea. My, at least he took my advice and didn't contact me, <laughs> as as asked last time. Your tactic uh, of changing your phone number every three days now yeah, has been wor- um, working. Yeah. So from top to bottom, amazing show. This is how good was Christian? Like he's Christian 45. is amazing. Yeah. Christian's amazing. I know the crowd. Obviously, he almost we killed know himself. He's, he's, yeah, that that I I've never seen someone take a table spot that at that angle. Which he got stabbed. I think it's, a, it's a 
<laughs> the table leg went through the table, Tony, yeah. and uh, stabbed him in the kidney area. Yeah. Like he was, he looked bad. Like yeah, that could have been even worse. Um, the one thing we haven't spoken about though is CM Punk's return. Yeah, great. yeah, and look, that was great. Like I was saying to you, Lyle, that if you were a wrestler, you'd love to just wrestle Darby Allen every night because. He will nearly kill himself to make you look good. Yeah, it's what. How, how old's CM Punk? 42? 41? Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah, like whatever, our age. Whatever he is. He, he, can, he basically worked a WWE style match around Darby Allen's stunts. There's enough of that crazy wrestling around the show. You got your strong style stuff early in the show, you got the PWG style stuff with uh, the Young Bucks and the Lucha Brothers. You've got all that. And then CM Punk just grabs a headlock for 30 seconds. And you can tell he's talking Derby through the match. And he did that two or three times. He, at his age, and it's his first match back in seven years, there's no need for him to be breaking out Canadian, Canadian Destroyers or anything like that, which is not Punk's go-to anyway. And just, yeah, that dive through yeah. the ropes against the turnbuckle, that's a car crash. But guys like Darby Allen and, and I mean, all the young guys, even some of the more experienced guys in um, AEW, like Kenny Omega, like who's, you know, in a lot of people's opinion, the best wrestler in the world. Um, they're all going to grow through getting in the ring with the likes of Punk, Christian, Daniel Bryan. It's only going to make the pacing of the matches more intelligent, the spots mean more like AW's next six months, the trajectory is incredible for them. Yeah. Well, you mentioned Christian when they first signed him, that was just a no brainer just for that factor alone. Forget the star pair or the, you know, some of the matches you can have him as a, a, a coach, a playing coach. Yeah. A playing coach. You mentioned that when he first signed, like it's a no brainer. One of the, by wrestlers in the business, he's got one of the smartest minds. Um, they put him in the ring with guys to make guys who can't wrestle look good. Yeah. Back so in, back in the day. Yeah, but then next six months, they've got dream match after dream match after dream. This is this is virtually almost. It, you've got to say it's almost can't miss. They can't shit the bed from here. Um, their delivery, their creative, has been really good. Um, you know. You think we've had something similar like this with WCW and WWE um, with the buyout, and they missed you know, something that people didn't think they could miss with an invasion. But this is well, they didn't have is, the best guys for the invasion. That well, was yeah, it was, it, was, it was slow out of the gates, but but it did give them ten years of slowly drip feeding people back in, and um, I feel like WWE have really given AEW an opportunity with the way they've managed their talent. Yeah, they, they've they've dropped the ball. Guys that are happy. Guys that are happy working for WWE. Two guys that enjoyed their job working for WWE have left. Yeah. Well, I, I watched the media scrum. The smile on uh, Ruby Soho's face, the smile on Anna Cole's face. Couldn't wipe the smile off Daniel Bryan. He's a smiler anyway. But they all didn't have anything negative to say about WWE, where they worked previously. They enjoyed their time there, and that's but they just they just that freedom and that love of wrestling, which AEW and the fans have got that buy in. They want well, to be Ruby's a, part a bit of that. different. Ruby's a yeah. bit different because she was let go, but yeah. definitely with with Cole and and Brian, like they were both offered insane contracts from all reports to stay. They were happy in their roles. They were used well. They still chose to leave. That's hmm. That's telling. Yeah. All right, moving on from uh, All Out to Monday Night Raw and the tag team Ooh. turmoil and a title match has been set up. Who cares, and, really? And <laughs> Rhea Ripley and Nikki A.S.H. are going to become the Raw Women's Tag Team Champions eventually. I'll so, tell you so what. AEW put on this amazing pay-per-view. It's got the whole wrestling world talking. Big buzz, Tony. You know, maybe some laps fans come back and go, "Hey, P 
peak what's going on here and what have they followed up with Welshy? Uh, I think it was um, Johnny Drip Drip uh, spraying a water pistol at yes. another grown man and then losing the match um, but like honestly for years Vince McMahon's been saying that they're not a wrestling company and if you watched AEW and then you watched Raw the next night they He's are great. not a wrestling company yeah they're not they're not no, I've been saying it for a while they're they a content they're a content company now because that's where their money's made in 9, 10, 15 hours a week of whatever they're producing. They're a content company. I'll I say... Think, I think, Lyle, they, you're right, but I also think they're trying to adjust. I just think that at the moment they're correcting in the wrong direction. Yeah. Um, they're correcting away from where they need to be, which will give a point of difference, but I just don't know if it's what people want. Um at some stage, and it may be two years away, I don't know. At some stage, they'll correct in the right direction, and that's when we're going to get our boom period of wrestling. Yeah. Well, you know, you got that silly stuff that, you know, it's hard to watch. You know, if someone walks into the lounge room and you've got it on, you're embarrassed to be a wrestling fan. But I'll tell you what. Are you talking about Ray Ripley and Nikki? Uh, no. Oh, I'm yes. talking about Alexa Bliss. Oh, well, you know, and the doll and everything. Charlotte, surely, surely Charlotte just kills both well, of them. Charlotte's promo went five. She cut the same promo twice in a row. <laughs> they played her music halfway through it, and then she kept going, saying what she'd already said. Uh, so it was six minutes that could have been two. Yeah. And then Alexa Bliss comes out to introduce her to a doll. It's a three-hour show, so maybe you have to do the promo twice to fill up some time. But you, put you say, 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 well, there's that too. There's, they've still got a lot of good workers um, that can actually put, wrestle. Put, if you Funny put three that. 20-minute matches, you put three tw- good 20-minute matches with some workers on a Raw without any story, and it's a better show than what it is now. 100%. 100%. They refuse so to say, do it. Saying all that silly, campy stuff that they do that's horrible, that embarrasses us, I watched a couple of segments from the NXT that had me crying with laughter. Hey, look, <laughs> like it's, look, it's stupid, but, but, but I, I played it. that. I played that to Steph, who's not a wrestling fan. And so we watched the first, we watched um, Indy Hartwell's Bachelorette, uh, Bachelorette party. party um, and big congratulations to SDL, who's debuted a new name, Persia. Um, and it's great to see, yeah, mm. it's great to see her on the screen because we know how hard she's worked. She was yeah. always very, very, very kind to us. Um, puts us over like so. I couldn't be happier than what I am for her. Um, and so Matty Wahlberg's getting a bit of time on NXT as well. Yeah, he we'll did a couple that. of weeks ago. But um, was he on this week? I don't know. But um, yeah, no, this week he was in the tag team. Oh, cool. I haven't watched yet. I only watched the. Oh, sorry, the bachelorette parties, but um, that's okay. Uh, so we watched the bachelorette party, and I love the line of my best friends come all the way from Australia, and someone said you came all the way for this. She's like, oh no, like very clever. I come for very Disney funny. World, yeah. I come for Disney World, which is um, Indy Hartwell's got really good comedic timing, and these but, seg- some of these segments can be on the hard no, to watch pro wrestling side this one was out of control well she told me to watch it and then he hadn't watched the follow-up which was the bachelor party for <laughs> dexter loomis did you end up watching it i did because when i showed steph <laughs> the bachelorette party her next question was is there a bachelor party can we watch that one too so Whoa. someone who's someone who's not a wrestling fan actually liked that it was um, good silliness was can good. work if it's if it's not juvenile. Mm. Yeah. And the whole like, story of the bachelor party. Of yeah. Dexter, we know, we know yeah. something's going to happen next week. Yeah. Dexter being a. Now a, a my favorite killer, <laughs> my favorite wrestling wedding uh, was the one where a snake bit macho man. Now the Python powerhouse has just made her debut. <laughs> Are you saying this wedding could be snake bit already? I think it might, might be. <laughs> but Candace's line to Indy on like, 
It's like, I can't believe you organised this. Like, I can't believe either because you haven't got any friends. Like, it's just, it was all funny. Yeah, little one-liners under the breath. Um, Johnny and Candace case. are great. Yeah, so that, which is, it's at both edges of the spectrum. And on a wrestling show, that segment on paper, it almost shouldn't work. But you've got good, pe- you know, good comedic timing and it works. It was, you know, it's three or four minutes each, each segment. I was... You know, tears were coming out. I was laughing that hard because Dexter is a serial killer while everyone else is trying to play it straight, you know, campy and straight <laughs> at the same time. And he's just there giving and high the only fives. One who and... The only two who realise that he's not right are Johnny and Candace, but no one will listen to them. Like, no one else. You've got, you know, you've got that other idiot, Cameron Grimes, paying for everything. And Johnny's yeah. like, he tortured you for months. <laughs> yeah, and they're like, oh, just squash the beef. And they, like, made him... <laughs> Shake his hand, or they they did the big, uh, you know, the big high five. But you know, Tony, there was a fucking zombie referee in the whole segment. That was a bit I didn't like. Like I didn't understand. I don't understand it because um, I haven't watched. You know, I didn't understand the backstory of it. But it was there. there isn't one I don't think. You know, and then but at the end he got his punchline in where he just talked normal and he was Canadian for some reason. Um, That's all anyone was surprised about. Yeah. Yeah. So. Anyway, they they can do that stuff when it's good, it's good, yeah. but when it's not, it's bad. It takes you back to your childhood. That was the bits you remember when you think about the old Bobby Heenan bits and yeah. things like that. Yeah. So I enjoyed that. So anyway, that episode of NXT influenced my two hundred five live report. Here it is. It's the 205 Live Report, and I must say there nearly wasn't one this week because once again, Grayson Waller had been moved onto the NXT roster for the moment and showed character and bravery in teaming up with Drake Maverick in a tag team match against the well-battled Imperium. Let's hope the grasshopper learns from the elder. In other 205 Live news, a new Aussie is on the scene with Zion Quinn from Brisbane, defeating Andre Chase in a stunning win, while Joe Gacy and Amari Miller also grabbed Ws. That's the 205 Live Report. Just in case you couldn't tell, I was pissed off. Tony, you threw the toys out of the cot so quickly. Yeah, so I've only been doing these reviews five or six weeks, Tony. It's, I, might um, have to, I might have to drop the 205 live reports down and do NXT reports. Well, boy, that's an extra, that's actually our 20 minutes of wrestling watching. Maybe, maybe to Tony, that. maybe it's just the rolling uh, Grayson Waller review. Mm. Because ah. it just seems like you're what following a, him around what, at the what, minute. What about well, just an, just what an Aussie doing Aussie, what Aussies in wrestling? Aussies, Aussies in wrestling. Overseas. Maybe That'll that's work. what you should do. That's maybe yeah. what we'll do. All right. All right. All right. Good. We'll we'll change that. We'll cover the wedding. Maybe I'll get an invitation to the wedding to cover it. Actually, no. Next week's going to be the wedding. Oh yeah, that's it. Right. And yeah. I'll I'll send you Aussie Open's tag team match, which is forty nine minutes, Tony. So you, I want to get your <laughs> review on that. Um, and Tony, I also want for your um, history piece. Yeah, I want I want the wedding of the year between um, Uncle Elmer and some random woman that was from like WWE main WWE event or something. Oh, yeah. we'll, we'll dig it out. Main event. <laughs> Bobby Heenan is the, at his best in that. We'll dig it out. Hey, just before we go to uh, Kevin Owens, what's news on there on him? He's teasing. He's te- he's teasing. Something's happening. Well, he's got a lot of friends um, in well, the other company. So the, the news, the news, I reckon twelve months ago, eighteen months ago, was that he was signed till twenty twenty four. And apparently, at some stage, there's been a renegotiation, and he's out of contract in January. This is perfect timing for him yeah. and his family. He can set himself up for life, which he probably has done a couple of times already, anyway, because he's. Um, of the Mick Foley ilk of saving his money. Um, he can pick and choose of what he wants to do now. Um, go well, with WWE his... can Ill, Ill afford to lose it. Oh, 100%. 100%. He's using the stunner as their finisher. Yeah. What I would do, I would announce that he's been released after re-signing him and send him away for three months, like for his non-compete. Have him turn up and do a Ring of Honor shot as Kevin Steen, and then randomly he just returns, and that could be the making of Kevin Owens. Yeah, comes back and uh, stunners Bobby. Stuns Lashley everyone. Takes the title. Stuns everyone. Yeah, literally. 
Nice. Upcoming events, Friday night, nothing. Saturday night, EPW Academy. Showcase 16 in Malaga at the North School. Uh, Are you UPW, calling it Malaka? Not Malaka, Malaga. Oh. Uh, UPW, Isn't that where Christopher, is that where Christopher Skase ran off to? Malaka? No, that was Mallorca. One of them. Mallorca. Uh, <laughs> it's far enough away from Melbourne, both of them. <laughs> yes. Uh, UPW have underground two 18-plus show in Caboolture, South, and VPW, the Backroom Brawl Revenge in Annerley. That's at uh, Chardon's Corner Hotel. So some uh, wrestling happening around Australia, boys. I just want to give you some credit, Tony. Yeah, what for? You pronounced that long-ass injury that poor Robbie Thorpe had without a problem. No, correct. But you get like names like Mick wrong. Um, I'm working on things. <laughs> I think the longer the word is, the more you have to slow down and think about it. Mycobacterium and, avium complex. That's it. That's it. What do they call mind it for you, short? Mind you, it, uh, could, MAC. It, could be, it could be wrong. I've never heard of it. So. Robbie was too polite to correct it. <laughs> or he didn't know how to pronounce it either. Because <laughs> it uh, is long. I refuse, um, to, I refuse to denigrate Robbie Thorpe. Yeah, right. I'm out of here. Good riddance. I didn't want to be here in the first place. So an hour and seven minutes <laughs> later, I can go. Uh, catch you, us you, later. You booked the interview. I did. That's the, that's the only reason I came here, because Robbie was there. Catch us later. Thanks for joining Hi, us guys. right here on the Turnbuckle.